Eagles. It is the L-E-F-K-O-E, man, and you are listening to the sweetest sounds, the sultry tones, the boisterous boys, the Joint Practices Podcast. Get it, fellas. Yo, welcome back to the Joint Practices Podcast. This is the podcast for fans, by fans like me. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter at 11thegoat. Joined tonight by my buddy from another muddy, Mr. Super Sticky Steve Knox, on the Twitter bird at the Knox says, Soupy, how you doing? Hey, you like that? Huh? You like that? Shots fired. Ooh, Shots that. fired. We that. You like that. I don't know. Pick, pick your choose. The Vikings own the Saints. That's all I have to say. Ooh, doggy. You know, right before we started recording, I was talking to my wife, and she said, you can go ahead and not talk about the Saints. They don't deserve it. I don't so think here we they are. played a bad game, but it's not quite good enough. Not so fond of their second half strategy, but I'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit. But, you know, here we are. We're we're the Joint Practices Podcast, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I really wanted to start this episode with, like, funeral music and... I don't know. I wanted to do this podcast Monday night. I wanted to do it Sunday night first. And then I was like, nope, I'm going to cool off. I want to do this Monday night. Monday night, I was still so fucking angry. I didn't want to do it again. But here we are. It's Wednesday night. I'm in a better place emotionally. (laughs) And I'm ready to talk about football without telling people to ingest their own phalluses. (laughs) Palaces? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, soupy doopy, what's going on in the world of football that we can talk about tonight? Well, uh, hey, I guess before we dive into everything that's happening in the playoffs, uh, should go ahead and talk about uh, these head coaching positions that have opened up and closed the window shut real quick. Um we saw Jason Garrett have 57 meetings with Jerry Jones over four days. <laughs> Christ. Um, don't really know what there was to talk about. Uh, but ultimately, the Cowboys will move on from Jason Garrett. Um, he's technically still under contract for like a week. But anyway, they're, he's not going to be the head coach next year. Um, they went out and signed... Former Green Bay head coach Mike McCarthy to that same position. I don't know like how to <laughs> feel about this. I feel like it's an improvement because McCarthy will at least yell at guys and not just clap no matter what happens. Um, but I can't wait for the first gift to come out of him clapping. <laughs> yeah, it might happen. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm really surprised. Mike McCarthy, to me... Uh, just given, you know, the years of watching him as Green Bay's head coach, uh, he doesn't seem like a Jerry Jones guy to me. So I thought it was really interesting. Like, I guess when you look at who was available out there, um, at least Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl before, had some success in the playoffs. So maybe that's really what, you know, the Cowboys have been missing the last 10 years. But... I don't know. McCarthy just doesn't seem like he's that fit for 
for the role. I no, not at all. And you know why? Why did Mike McCarthy get fired in Green Bay? Well, because their offense got rather stagnant. He was arguing, and with he the refused head, with the to run the football. Who's the best player in Dallas? Zeke. Yeah. <laughs> well, we talk about this on this podcast all the time with these teams and hiring retreads. You know, they're just the same like handful of coaches going from this team to that team, and it's always the same guys. I mean, we look at Washington, who hired Ron Rivera. Riverboat Ron, buddy. Over and over with these coaches. You look at what the Cowboys have with Dak, and you assume they're going to uh, re-sign Amari Cooper. They got Zeke locked up. They have the talent on the offensive line. You think you'd want to get somebody in there with you know some creative offensive mindset. Someone similar to a mold of what Kellen Moore, you know, had been doing all year. But no, they go with a guy who's going to have Dak throw the ball 40 times a game and not utilize Zeke. Okay. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. And again, you know, you you just hit on the other uh, NFC East team that was looking for a head coach. Washington. They hire Ron Rivera, you know, and... Thanks, everybody, for being here. First off, I want to say Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Probably the most hilarious press conference I've ever seen. Was it like January 3rd? <laughs> and Dan Snyder comes out and wishes everybody a Happy Thanksgiving a month and a half late. <laughs> Hello? If that's Fly. not a red flag, if I was Ron Rivera, I would have turned and just walked out and been like, I'm not doing this. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> no money's worth this. <laughs> yeah, I'm... It's great he's got a job, but it's not a desirable one. Um, I don't think he makes that much of a difference. We saw a decline with him uh, in Carolina over the last couple of years. Really, ever since they lost that Super Bowl, I think it broke Cam's spirit. And, um, you know, they were never the same after that. So coming into this job, this is just start marking off the days on the calendar until yeah. they're looking for somebody else. I'd be interested to find out who he brings in as a OC because you're going to need somebody who's like we said kind of what the Cowboys should have done somebody creative to get Haskins in a offense where you play to his strengths we all look oh, yeah. at what Harbaugh did to Lamar Jackson he completely scrapped the offense and rebuilt it around Lamar they're going to have to do that with Haskins because he's not going to be a pro style. I don't, know, I don't want to say pro style because he has the pro traits but they're going to have to completely tailor that offense to him yeah, exactly. You're gonna you need to bring in the guy like you were just you just mentioned what the Ravens did um to build the team around Lamar this year after what happened to them, you know, in the playoffs last season. The proof's in the pudding. You look at the season they had, um, they built that team perfectly. So yes, you're gonna have to bring in, you know, a lot of help um in order for you to, to compete for a division, you know, playoff spot, whatever it is next year. Probably, you know, I don't see a huge turnaround for them, you know, going into next season, but maybe they can get it moving in the right direction. Who knows? Again, speaking of the NFC East, maybe we'll get a little tie in here since you just mentioned John Harbaugh, but the New York football giants went out and shocked the world. They hired, hired Judge Judy. Joe Judge. And I would tie in with John Harbaugh here because... Harbaugh is the only other guy who Joe Judge was the special teams coordinator for the New England Patriots, um, added the wide receivers coach um, to his resume, which he might just want to leave off after 
the way the yep. receivers performed in New England <laughs> this year. Yeah, um, special teams coordinators getting head coaching jobs. You don't usually see that direct jump. John Harbaugh being the only example of that in the league right now, and he's been pretty friggin' fantastic for them uh, since becoming the head coach. So I don't know. Maybe the Giants know something I don't. Of course, I said that when they drafted Daniel Jones, and that didn't really pan out. So I I saw a meme that said the Giants hired the first guy that answered the phone at Gillette Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny too because they were supposed to interview. Um, Josh McDaniels tomorrow, and then what was it yesterday that they made the announcement they were hiring Joe Judge? So, well, I, the funny part about the announcement too was, uh, me and Steven were talking about this. We got an up, you know, alert on our phone. It said, um, the Giants are requesting permission to speak to Jason Garrett. First of all, you don't have to ex- request permission for a guy that's no, been fired. Well, they do. He didn't get fired. They're allowing his contract to run out. Oh, okay. So Move on the fourteenth, on the fourteenth, yeah. he is no longer under contract. So technically, they still have to get the Cowboys' permission, permission to talk to him. <laughs> Jesus. Well, we got that uh, update, the alert, and then like a minute and a half later, <laughs> you got the Joe Judge has been hired. Breaking news is like, well, I guess they're not going to interview Garrett. Maybe, maybe they want him to be the OC. I don't know. Maybe they want to be the uh, head clapper. Yeah. He can be a Sometimes cheerleader. Sometimes these guys just... Yeah. He could probably use male cheerleader. Giants there. cheerleader. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't the New York Giants. It was New York Giants cheerleading squad. <laughs> Request permission. Yeah, th- I mean, this is a huge head scratcher for me. Dave Gettleman just continues to just think outside the box. And, man, I don't... Like I don't know what box he's hot boxing, but it's a cat box. <laughs> yeah, I want to be, I want to be in that hot box that Gettleman's, <laughs> Gettleman's running. Um, I've, I don't know. I, again, now we're gonna have, you know, if Josh McDaniels were to land, uh, the Cleveland job, which is the only one we're gonna talk about that hasn't been announced yet. Apparently, they still have a couple guys they're gonna interview. And they're going to complete the interview process before making a decision. What a crazy idea. Maybe all these guys you want to talk to, you know, you bring them all in before you make a rash decision, like hiring a special teams coach. But Judge. If, uh, Judge Jody. If McDaniels were to get the Cleveland job, there would be seven former coaches under Bill Belichick that would be in the league next year. And that doesn't include Vrabel, who was a player for many years under Belichick. So, you mean, we? you think historically about, like, the trees and stuff, you know, that come off of these head coaches. Um, that This is insane. <laughs> like, you're literally just trying to find, you know, any sort of way to make your franchise a mold of, you know, the the success that the Patriots have had the last 20 years. But lastly, um, the Carolina Panthers. This is the one I'm this excited about. This is a, I mean, a lot of, these are all head scratchers for me. And this one, just the deal that the Panthers went out and gave to Matt Rule is crazy. Seven years, $60 million. That's guaranteed. With incentives, could be worth up to $70 million. For a coach 
who was four games over 500 at Temple University and at Baylor University. And Baylor goes out and wins uh, who the fuck knows bowl this week or this past week. Um, I don't know. This just doesn't, this is an insane amount of money, amount of years that you're committing to a guy who could barely prove himself in college. Like there has been almost no success coming from college to the NFL as a head coach. Why did they commit like this much time and this much money to this guy? Just beyond me. Uh, they paid for him. Basically they got him away from the giants wanted him. The Cowboys wanted him. Yeah. Cleveland probably wanted him. Like I, mean, I, knew that I there get was a... why they want him though. It's just his innovation. He's a very smart, you know, game planner and his offenses are always explosive. I mean, he completely turned that program at Temple around. They were dog meat, and then he turned them into winners. So that, I mean, I give him that. Yeah, just like I, I know that they had uh, he had been lined up to interview with some of these other people. I think directly the Giants um, when the Panthers called and offered him originally it was like a six-year deal. And he called the Giants and said, well, this is the offer I have. Do you want to match it? And they were like, uh, we'll give you, you know, six years and this amount of money. And then the Panthers were like, no, seven years, $60 million. How does that sound? And he was like, all right. Damn good to me. <laughs> I'm sold. But, you know, if the Panthers are going to be moving on from Cam Newton, and I know Kyle Allen had, a, you know, some – some good games uh, when he first took over for Cam, but what they have in that quarterback room, if Cam Newton's not there, doesn't really excite me if I'm Matt Rule, so I don't know. He's going to have some work to do, that's for sure. But I and It does spell good news for Cam Newton because in his introductory press conference, he declined comment on Newton or the quarterback position. That's not good news. No, nah, that's definitely not. But, yeah, this is a... It sets such a weird precedent, too, because, like, if you're Josh McDaniels and, you know, Cleveland wants to offer you a job and, you know, you you have leverage now to be like, well, Carolina paid Matt Rule $60 million over seven years. Like, you want to hire me for four? No, get the hell out of here. So I mean, this might, that signing might make things difficult for Cleveland. Um, I know they still have a couple more... Um, interviews they're interviewing Kevin Stefanski tomorrow which not a really big fan of going into the divisional round but um yeah that and that's another job if you want to take that job then you know good luck to you but another shit job it looks like to me so and they got the seventh pick so maybe they uh move up and get one of these quarterbacks somebody that rule can team with McCaffrey and DJ Moore and just, you know, create one of these first on of the scene offenses like Cardinals or kind of McVeigh-ish at first, the Chiefs, just one of these new fast offenses and just Well, we will see. Off the nickel. But there's a it's a tall task for for that man. Because that's going to be the conversation if they go, you know, six and ten next year and be like, they paid this guy, you know, almost nine million dollars a year to be the head coach. But good luck. 
You're not yes, in the big sir. dance, buddy. Is it weird that we're only through Wild Card Weekend and four of the head coaching head coach openings are already filled? That's crazy. Yeah, that's why that's why I was saying like the window shut super fast, and I don't know. I mean, Joe Judge wasn't a uh, a name that I you know I I saw that you know he was being requested for interviews, but. He definitely wasn't a guy that I thought would land one of these jobs just yet. This, to me, just seemed like a get-your-feet-wet kind of thing, you know, interview here and there, and then be able to, you know, build on that moving forward. So, crazy signing, but, yeah, I think this was just a, you know, they wanted to, these teams are eager to scoop up the guy they wanted early on, and it's going to get gonna get interesting for these guys. Next year, right under the microscope. Yep, yep. Everybody wants instant results, so we'll see. Yeah, Cleveland, by the way, has had seven head coaches in the last nine years, so <laughs> if you're willing to take that job, then, you know, man, just kudos for to a payday. You. Holy <laughs> oh shit. I mean, you just gave me an idea. Oh, you want to be the Cleveland's head coach? <laughs> why don't we do it? <laughs> I mean, I... I think about that all the time because, like, Matt Rule is 38 years old, and I'm like, man, if I could find a way into one of these organizations, even if a collegiate organization, like, I think I could do a decent job. It's probably way harder than I think it is, but. Yeah, I mean, I could win some games. Like, yeah, if I got to be committed to that, you know, I'll stay up all night long watching film. just sounds like fun. Doesn't suck. <laughs> Certainly not. We watch film boxes. now. Yeah, we don't get paid for it, but we still do it. Yes, we do. Mm. Yeah. So if you're looking for some head coaches, some offensive coordinators, special teams assistants, you you know uh, you can go ahead and email us at jointpracticespod at <laughs> gmail dot com. Sean and I are interested. All right. I think we got all the coaching opportunities locked down. Why don't I just rip the Band-Aid off and get right into it? Wild card weekend results was not fun in my house. Seattle beats the Philadelphia Eagles in in Philadelphia. (laughs) Words are hard. They beat the Eagles (laughs) at home. 17-9, 17-9, the exact same score they beat them. I think it was week 12. Yeah, that was What crazy. a dramatically different game, though. I don't want to talk about this game too much because I am going to get very angry. I'm not mad that the Eagles lost. I mean, I said going in, the Eagles are playing with house money at this point. They got the practice squad guys out there. But the one thing I want to talk about is Carson Wentz getting a concussion He literally played eight snaps in his first playoff game. And if you have, if you say Carson, Jesus Christ, I'm getting worked up already. (laughs) If you sit there and want to tell me or tweet, talk about it on TV, talk about it at work, that Carson Wentz is soft or injury prone, you're just a fucking idiot. That's the most ridiculous 
statement for this situation. If he pulled his hamstring, hurt his back, hurt his elbow, you know, I could understand the argument. But the guy got cheap-shotted, speared in the back of his head so hard that when his head hit the ground, it rocked all the way forward. He forgot what happened. He couldn't tell, like, the concussion people what play had run, the result of the play, anything. He couldn't. He knew he was hurt because he told Josh McCown to get ready and stay ready, that something wasn't right. And he went to the blue tent and unfortunately never came back. The one thing I wanted for this whole season was for Carson to get that playoff game experience, win or lose, just get that monkey off his back, and it was robbed to him, robbed of him by a cheap shot by Jadavian Clowney. Fuck you, you crybaby. Go trying to act like the victim afterwards, saying the Eagles fans are tre- worst fans in the NFL, and they're going to g- send me death threats. No, we're pissed that you cheap shot at our fucking quarterback and didn't even get flagged for it. Let's not forget, one year ago, he tackled Nick Foles by the face and didn't get flagged for it. Every time we play this guy, it's some bullshit cheap shot. And I don't want to hear incidental blah, blah, blah. Carson was going down. He was diving to the ground. And if you listen to this podcast, you remember earlier in the season, we had the whole debate about if a quarterback dives, it's considered giving himself up. Whether he's feet first or head first is irrelevant. He is considered giving himself up. His knees were already on the ground. Another player had literally already touched him. Clowney lowers his head into the back of Wentz's head and drives it into the ground. Fuck you, that's not a dirty play. You're a scumbag. Yeah, I'm done. Deserves to be multiple penalties. I <laughs> uh, couldn't believe that there wasn't a flag on that play. You know, late hit on a quarterback, a defenseless player, whatever you want to call it. Helmet to helmet. Like, it's, I mean, you look at, like, Vontez Perfect and what, you know, the hit that he had that cost him the rest of the season. Like, that's no different than what happened in this in this game. So... And ultimately, it really cost the Eagles the game. Like, McCown came in and did an okay job for a guy that hasn't played all year. Um, By the way, who's 40. Yeah, exactly. He's the oldest quarterback in NFL history to make his playoff debut at 40 years old. It's unreal. Yes. Very crazy. To actually take snaps in the game. Right. Because he was on a playoff team in 2008, but he was, you know, obviously a backup didn't play. Carolina. But, I mean, he did a noble job, but you saw where they really missed Carson. That was in the red zone. They had multiple trips mm-hmm. to the red zone. Two uh, drive-killing fourth down, failed conversions, three field goals. Ifs and butts and coconuts and all that good stuff. Carson Wentz finished this finishes this game, the Eagles either, you know, lose the game on defense or Carson wins that game. Both fourth uh, quarter drives that went into the red zone, Carson's getting points there. That's where he excels. There's just a, I mean, no, there's nobody out there that can have a doubt in their mind that if Wentz plays this entire game, you know, offensively, this team is different. 
Uh, they put more than nine points on the board. Maybe it's 16. You know, that's fine. You know, really what killed the Eagles other than that is DK Metcalf. And the offense has nothing to do with that. So um, that was, you know, that literally decided the game early on. Um, but it's just because, you know, McCown just doesn't have that same skill set that Wentz does. You know, he doesn't, he, he basically, Wentz has basically built this offense from nothing. Uh, you know, halfway through the year, so yeah, <laughs> to, not, to not have that, you know, in-game, um, you know, knowledge and chemistry with the the guys that are out there, um, you know, really, how many step, you know, how many reps in practice do you think McCown was there with the with Team One? Zero. Yeah, like it's not a literally zero. It's nothing that goes through your head. Like you don't, you know, you don't think that one of these things is going to happen. And it was, you know, I was at work while these games were going on. But, you know, every single time my phone vibrated all day long, I was pulling out of my pocket. What's going on? And when I saw that, you know, Wentz was out with a concussion, I, I was just like completely deflated because, you know, it may, it, this game was competitive still, but, you know, you would, like you said, You'd like to see Wentz complete a playoff game, get through it, and then, you know, move on from there. It's just the the experience in the playoffs is invaluable. And for that, like you, you know, you mentioned, you know, it was, it was robbed of them. Robbed of Wentz, robbed of the team, and to, to not throw a flag. Once again, here we go. We're going to. These type of penalties better be reviewable next year, NFL. Challenge yeah, no every kidding. play. Challenge every play. Do it. There's no reason not to. You still get two challenges. If you win those two, you get a third. It's not going to slow the game down. <laughs> it really isn't. Who cares? Inside of two minutes, they review everything anyway. So yeah. <laughs> there's no reason that a play like that you know, doesn't doesn't need to be reviewed. And listen, I'm not saying that because they didn't throw the flag, the Eagles didn't win. You know, they could have thrown the flag. Carson still has a concussion. But my exactly. my real gripe with the f- no flag is later on in the game, uh, Derek Barnett barely bumps into Russell Wilson and he falls. He's literally trying to catch Russell to keep him from falling. And that gets flagged for roughing the passer, for crying out loud. In the fourth quarter, Josh McCown was hit late after the ball was out of his hand, clearly out of his hands three different times, which resulted in some sort of a hamstring injury. He was not doing so oh, hot yeah. at the no. end of that game. And that none of those were called. They called the ticky-tacky one on Russ, but they would not call anything with the Eagles quarterbacks getting thrashed. Just disgust. Like, the Eagles play the Seahawks again next year, and I believe it is in Philly again, and I just want them to... What the fuck is that movie where everybody just moves at the snap and the quarterback heaves the ball at, was it the ref or something? No, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. But Right at the defense, uh, pegs the defender in the head with the ball on purpose and like knocks him out. I'm just going to seek vengeance that week. I'm going to yeah. be revved up. You talk about that, that Derek Barnett penalty too. 
typically when the when the uh, quarterback releases the ball from his hand, you're allowed two steps before you initiate contact with him, and that's what you know deems it, uh, you know, roughing the passer or not. And it wasn't, you know, it was he extended his hands and pushed him. So it's not like he led with his shoulder, led with his head, anything like that. He took one step after Wilson released the ball and shoved him, and Wilson goes down. Then, oh, no, roughing the passer, you know, why don't we uh, protect the uh, the guys that have, have been there before? You know, don't worry about everybody else. It was a bad, bad, bad officiating, badly officiated game for both sides. There was blatant stuff the Eagles were like, couple pass interferences they just let go that should have been called on Philly. I don't know. I didn't like I mean I didn't like the the referees in three of these four games. So I mean these are primetime playoff football games. You got to get the best crews in there. Like this is gross. Yeah. It's been a Anyways, I don't want to go off on so. a tangent. Yeah. Let's move on. You Viked that the Vikings. Oh my god. Over the Saints in overtime in their own building. What a throw. What a catch. Two two phenomenal Oof. throws from Kirk Cousins. Talked about the overtime throws, the one that he made to Thielen, which, you know. All the way should have. I mean, it could have been a touchdown if. I don't, yep. Thielen <laughs> didn't even. I don't think you realize he even caught the ball. Like, if you watch, I mean, I watched the game like three or four times now. Um, <laughs> but he's literally like Willie Mays style trying to catch the ball. You know, don't ever fucking do it again. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's like, you know, head cocked back, arms extended. Like, if you, I mean, I've seen stills where the ball's like wedged between his elbows and his head's still cocked all the way back. So, I like... He just kind of goes down in a, I have to secure this kind of way. But he literally could have just, you know, kept his elbows together and kept running. Would have been a touchdown right then. But kudos to uh, Stefanski for, you know, calling a play where they take a shot in that situation. Um, they ran it twice and it didn't work. So and, I yeah, fully get, expect him to run again. So props to them for. Eating. Yeah, they go. Yeah. After that, that throw to Thielen, you know. Dalvin Cook gets stuffed twice, and he had had a great game up until like late in the fourth quarter and in overtime. And I think the Saints were just going all out on, we're not going to let this guy beat us. So again, you know, another great call to to uh, you know call a pass there. And I don't know if it you know was a definite pass call. Um, you know, sent into into uh, Cousins there, or if he checked out of it because, you know, he mentioned a lot in the the post game interview and press conference that he read it. You know, there there was a zero blitz, so they're sending the house. So I don't know if that's just something he checked into and was like, I just got to get the ball out quick, and here's our best option, or you know, if that was the play design originally. But uh, man, he put that ball where only. Kyle Rudolph could get it, and uh, you know everybody wants to get all up in our oh it was it was offensive pass interference, but I mean if you watch the play, 
the defender initiates contact, you know, three yards off the line of scrimmage and gets himself out of position and then never turns around to look at the ball. So if he turns his head and, you know, Rudolph pushes him away, maybe you have a case there. But even the NFL has now come out and said, yes, there is contact, but it didn't warrant a flag. So suck no, it. It might not fans. have warned a flag, but that's a scoring play. And I don't care if it's the end of the game and OT, like, this is the second time I've seen a game-winning play in OT where they don't review it. It's a scoring play. It's supposed to be reviewed automatically. If they would have just reviewed it, they could have come back and said, we've deemed it uh, no pass interference. Boom, game over. But they just neglect it, and they say, nope, we're not going to review it. The game was over. That was it. Everybody was so confused at what was happening. Yeah. Um, I think it should have been looked at, at the very least. I mean, Whether they, they call it or not, I mean, yeah, they could have looked at it just like they looked at the the Dalvin the first Dalvin Cook touchdown, where you know they didn't know if the ball crossed the line, but they call it a touchdown on the field, so you couldn't overturn it. Um, you know, again, we can get in the same situation if the shoe was on the other foot and the Saints had won in this fashion, and Dan Bailey had missed a field goal early in the game that would have negated overtime. You know, like Will Lutz, which here's a here's a guy that never misses playing against the Vikings, and he missed that field goal uh, right before overtime, or right before overtime, right before halftime. Yep, that was the that completely changed the game. Backbreaker. Yeah, it's a uh, made all the difference in the world. So if you want to place any blame anywhere, you can place it on that field goal because look, the Vikings down the stretch in the fourth quarter. They looked like they're playing not to lose. They really did. Um, you, you know, what are they up? Up a field goal, twenty to seventeen. The Saints just marching the ball down the field, and Daniel Hunter comes up with a big play, gets that strip sack on Drew Brees. That was incredible in the red all zone. All the momentum, all the momentum going in New Orleans' favor, and then. He makes that play um, unbelievable. It's just it's one of those, you know, it, it felt like the Minneapolis miracle again because it's just you the Vikings just never seem to have that sort of, you know, luck in a play like that. And, I mean, this the Saints team doesn't turn the ball over, and the Vikings defense just went out there and made plays, you know, time and time again. The Anthony Harris interception, um, that guy has just been on a tear this year. Well, please sign him, <laughs> unrestricted free agent. Um, should be your number one priority. Just hand him a check, like in uh, the Disney movie, blank check. Just say, you know, go ahead and write whatever, you want. <laughs> write whatever you want on it. We just need you back here. But yeah, I, I'm, this defense just came alive at the right time, and I was super nervous, uh, just given. You know, the Saints offense, all their weapons. I mean, Taysom Hill, for Christ's sakes, was the leading rusher for the for the Saints this week. What? I mean, they shut down Kamara. So, what, seven carries, 21 yards? That's unheard of. Uh, you know, I felt like he would have had a much bigger impact in this game. 
Um, even Michael Thomas, yes, yeah, 70 catches, 70 yards. It's not a terrible game, but for him, it's it's not you know up to par. And going against a guy like Xavier Rhodes, who was in and out of the game injured, I felt like you know I was just waiting for him to make a big play to make a difference in the game, and it just never happened. So I don't know. You hold the Saints to 20 points in their building. You got to give props to the defense. Um, and again, everybody always wants to talk about Kirk Cousins can't make a play that makes a difference in the game that helps you win. And he made two fantastic throws late in overtime there to to seal this game. So yeah, there was no way they were letting the Saints get the ball. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to again win the toss. Here's another thing going in the Vikings, you know, favor. Yep. You win the toss take the ball and you know while I'm at work and I'm I'm listening to a radio broadcast on my phone and I heard they won the toss and I was like just don't kick a field goal I don't care like when they got down to the three yard line two stuffs it's third down and I hear the, you know the play call coming out over the radio and I was like I don't even care if you don't score a touchdown here you go for it on fourth down and then if Drew Brees can lead them 97 yards then so be it like <laughs> whatever but just don't kick the field goal and give the ball back to them. Because, I mean, again, the Saints just hadn't had that Saints moment, you know, that offensive yep. moment. Um, you know, had had some great plays, um, did some really interesting things, and God damn it, Taysom Hill. Just <laughs> I knew I knew he was just going to be a huge factor in this game, and the Vikings just had no answer for it. Just throwing the ball, catching the ball, running the ball. The guy's a maniac. But and and uh, if you were playing the JPP drinking game during this game, you would have been drunk at the amount of times they mentioned what Tim Tebow could have been. Yeah, that was annoying too. But the Vikings are moving on. I didn't mention Dalvin Cook. Oh, I did a little bit, but for him to come back after missing all that time. You know, what What did he have, 26 carries? Was it 26 or 28? Yeah, 28. full workload. 28 carries, 94 yards, two touchdowns. Also had three receptions for 36 yards. So he's out there doing work. And I, I believe I mentioned, you know, <laughs> probably ever since he got injured that this offense is a different animal when he's in there. Alexander Madison, same thing. You know, when when he's the one that's coming in to to give uh, Cook a break, you know, I, I feel so much better than whether it be Boone or Abdul or whatever. Um, I just have much more faith in him, even though he's a rookie. It's just just runs so much more fierce. He's a fucking crazy bastard. He definitely gets on his horse out there. Yes, the Vikings moving on to the divisional round. And we got the AFC, the first game of the wildcard weekend was a thriller. You and I watched that at work. Bills at the Texans. The Bill uh the Texans win in overtime, 22 to 19. But I'll tell you what. Whew, this is a game where the Bills had a chance to win this like three or four times. They were up 16 to nothing at one point. 
I in the third a, quarter. Yeah, I haven't seen a team blow a 16 to nothing lead since oh, the Packers against the Seahawks in the 2014 playoffs. I guess the game was technically played in 2015, but the 2014 Salt. season. When it looked like, you know, all the uh, Packers are just going to run away with this one, 16 to nothing going into the third. And then in overtime, Seahawks came on back, so we get to this maybe see that again. Yeah. But Jesus, didn't Josh Allen just shit his pants down the stretch in this game? Oh, my God. There's only one play that we should talk about, and it's one minute left in the game. The Bills need a field goal to force overtime. Josh Allen breaks off on a, like a 30-yard scamper, gets you know an opening in the defense, decides to take off with it. And right as he's getting hit, he just looks to his right and just flings the ball <laughs> to the trailing was the tight end. Forget who it was. Was it Dawson? Dawson Knox? Might have been. I don't. I don't honestly remember. But there's you have like two timeouts. There's a minute the left. Even released it. <laughs> what are you doing, bud? Hold on to the football. Good Lord in heaven, what are you doing? But, you know, whatever. The Bills will learn from this. They're a young team with a young head coach. They have some talent going forward. So, I mean, they won, what, 10 games this year? Yeah. 11, whatever it was. Good for them. But their eliminated Texans finally win a playoff game and move on. The other AFC game, and we'll go ahead and marinate in this for a minute. (laughs) <laughs> the Tennessee Titans, the honorary JPP team, thank you, Mr. Breton, take down the mighty Patriots 20-13. to 13. I mean, this, this game wasn't that close. I think it was 14-13. Very late in the fourth with like 15 seconds left late. I mean, it was close. It was- yeah, it was a close game. It was I mean, it was 14-13 at halftime. But and was, nobody scored in the second half until a late pick six from Mr. Yeah. Hugs how, himself. How weird would it be if Tom Brady's last pass as a Patriot was a pick six? Damn. I mean, just only the result of the game makes me think that he'll do everything and Robert Kraft will do everything to make sure he comes back next year, but... That would be just a weird wrinkle in history in the NFL, but this whole game was just the Derrick Henry show. (laughs) Jesus. We said it. We said it on this podcast going in that if you don't stop Derrick Henry, you you don't win this game. I think I said if he rushed for 200 yards, I guaranteed a victory, and I don't remember how much he rushed for. So 182. Uh, I was damn close, wasn't I? They... Yeah, because, you know, the Patriots struggled uh, stopping him or slowing him down in the first half. You know, they made adjustments and um, did a better job in the second half. Only gave up 75 yards rushing to him in the second half. (laughs) They tried. (laughs) Look at that. Like, how do you you slow that down? So, I mean, the Titans are going to go on to play the Ravens, so that should be an interesting... You know, matchup with the Ravens defense trying to slow down Derrick Henry, but 
if you if you, you told me that you know Ryan Tannehill again you know we we've talked about the things that he's done since taking over from Marcus Mariota this year but if you told me Tennessee was going to win this game and Ryan Tannehill was going to go 8 for 15 for 72 yards a touchdown and a pick I would have thought you were fucking crazy you're fucking high yeah just absolutely nuts I would know you're lying because cops doesn't start until four. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is just a. I, I think the craziest thing for me from this game was you know the 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 waning seconds of the first half when Rabel just started to take intentional penalties to accrue the uh, the ten second runoff. It was how, genius. How pissed off Belichick was! Like you want to talk about irony of him just getting mad at somebody else finding a loophole in a rule yeah. and exploiting it. Ah, uh, uh, hate to see it. Yeah, that was it for me, but yeah, that was, I mean, like, man, didn't, it just felt like he was just trying to stick it to him, like, doing things like that. I mean, good for yep. him. Good for the Taste of his own medicine. Yeah, this is, uh, again, we talked about how the Patriots haven't had success Wild card weekend throughout this dynasty. And yeah, they're going home, you know, really early for for them traditionally. Yeah. I mean, we kind of talked about it going into the game that the Patriots didn't look like the Patriots this year. All year, they haven't looked as, you know, as great as they've been propped up. They, they can only play who's on their schedule, blah, 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 blah. But when they've played decent teams, they've had trouble in a lot of areas. And it was there again on Saturday. And down they went. It's awful quiet in the warehouse. Yeah, this is a, really the first year that I can ever think I could blame Belichick for the way that this team performed down the stretch. And it has a lot to do with personnel, which is something that he usually handles way better than everybody else. But they, their offense, <laughs> even for them to go out, trade a second-round pick to bring in Mohamed Sanu, who was basically useless to them you know, throughout his tenure with the Patriots. He's going to be back next year because he's still under contract. But if like that was your big move to go get Mohamed Sanu, maybe John Elway had issues with wanting to move Emmanuel Sanders there could have been a thing. I don't know, but that seems like a move that, you know, I would take Emmanuel Sanders over Mohamed Sanu, who he hasn't really been anything except when, you know, he's got a, a number one like A.J. Green or Julio Jones. Like, yes, Edelman should be the first target in New England, but he's not that type of receiver you know what I mean so they didn't I mean they yeah completely missed uh on that trade the Nikhil Harry I took care of it which I I heard a guy call into the radio and complain about him but call him Keneal Henry I was fucking <laughs> dying in my car true fan true Keneal fan Henry and I was like yep well that's his name now so but yeah they, well, you know what how can you go into a a must win, a playoff game, you're down 
by one point, fourteen to thirteen. How does Sanu not throw a pass in this game? Come on, where's the bag of tricks? I mean, they dipped in a couple times, but he had yeah. one catch for eleven yards. Uh, okay, I talked about how Joe Judge should take wide receivers coach off his uh, resume, and. In large part, in this playoff game, your leading receiver was a running back, Sony Michelle, who typically isn't even involved in the passing game. So, yeah, they, I mean, they this team had issues, you know, from the middle of the season on. You, they start out eight and zero, finish the the season, you know, including this game, four and five. So, uh, they, yeah, didn't they didn't make the right moves. Them getting rid of Antonio Brown, whether it's, you know, it's worth the headache or it isn't. He, you know, gets suspended by the league or he doesn't. Keep him. <laughs> you needed to keep him. You really did. Yeah. Like you them did. getting <laughs> rid of him and getting rid of him before the league could make a judgment on everything that went because he sent a text message was stupid. You don't see the Patriots make a lot of mistakes. Uh, involving personnel, but that right there was definitely, um, I mean, it, w- it was kind of the nail in the coffin for him because they just weren't the same team. You start playing better teams, you know, that you really see what struggles. Gronk meant to them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was a, you knew that that was going to be a, a glaring issue for them with him not coming back because, it, you know, the tight end, the security blanket for for Tom Brady, like him and Edelman, it was if it's not one, it's the other. You know, one of the guys is going to get open in a play, and maybe he doesn't even get open. But Gronk was just so fantastic at just making big plays when they needed to be made, just because he, you know, he was bigger, stronger, and wanted it more. So, yeah, they'll they'll miss him forever. That's for sure. But hey. Tennessee, baby. Derrick Henry. Boy, oh boy. Smash mouth running football. Like, we've got, uh, you know, four of these eight teams remaining are the top four rushing teams in the league. So, old school football, that's what I like to see. Running the ball. And then, great defense. Um, I think that's what's remaining, really, for... uh, for the teams that I think will contend the rest of the way through. Dun, dun, dun. We went to the playoffs and we lost. The Eagles did. Pandering to wife Sean. Ooh. The pandering to Sean's <laughs> wife team of the year also lost. But I take solace in at this point. There's a 50% shot that the NFC team in the Super Bowl would be a JPP team. So, telling me there's a chance. Well, tell me there's a chance. I thought you were going to take solace in the fact there's always Kankos, but... (laughs) There's always Kankos. We know that. (laughs) But, you know what? We'll break down the divisional round games on our next episode. We'll get to the pick'em on the next episode, so... Stick around. Probably Friday morning, you'll hear episode 79 of the Joint Practices Podcast, which will be us talking about the divisional round games and the pick'em. But for this episode number 78, the Joint Practices Podcast, we thank you so much 
taking a ride with us and listen to me cry. Hit us up on Twitter at Joint Practices. I'm at 11thegoat. Steve at The Knox says. Whoever gets this recording and listens to this, just know this. Follow us on Twitter. Jesus Christ, let's go. Soup. Yeah, that'd be nice. And uh, hey, wherever you're listening to this lovely podcast, make sure Bean you pod. Uh, <laughs> make sure you go ahead and subscribe. Leave a five star rating. Tell us five uh, stars only. It's the only one that works. Tell us in a nice review. You know how much you enjoy listening to us uh, babble on about you know football and random movie quotes and. You have to enjoy your time here, or else you wouldn't be listening, right? True. She wants but, uh, my dick in and around her mouth. <laughs> like Sean said, you know, follow us on Twitter. Maybe tweet at us. We'll use the hashtag HireUsCleveland, and then you can tag us in it. Maybe the Browns will see this. We probably can't Tag get the it. Browns in it, too. Yeah, go ahead. At, at Browns. Is that right? <laughs> Probably Cleveland Browns, huh? At the dumpster emoji. Yeah. Um, really funny though that the uh, the Vikings winning this playoff game this week became the winningest playoff team, or won the most playoff games without actually winning a Super Bowl, uh, passing the Cleveland Browns <laughs> uh, this week. So. That's great. They're, they've also lost the most playoff games. I don't know if uh, I don't know if you knew that. Twenty nine playoff losses for the Minnesota Vikings, number one in the league. You got to make a lot of playoffs to lose twenty nine games. You know what I'm saying? At least twenty nine of them. Either way, Cleveland Browns. You know, we rooted for you guys this this year. We brought up all the shit we did wrong. So, Sean, Steve, new head coach. Trust me, we'll score 45 points a game. Guarantee it. I don't know if I'd go that far, but... Oh, I can do it. Let's go. I'm up for it. What did they go? What was their record this year? I, it couldn't get much worse with us. It wasn't It wasn't great. They lost to the Bengals. <laughs> Won their second game week week uh, 17. Uh, but 6 and 10, Cleveland. Sean Steve guaranteed 7 and 9 at least. So, it's not going to get worse. Hit us up on Twitter, bird. Um, We'll come and interview tomorrow. I'll call out of work. No doubt. I'll book that shit off. Uh, I got to go interview for the Cleveland Browns head coaching job. And I think I'm full of shit, but they got to honor it. So, Either way, use that hashtag, Hire Us Cleveland. Let's us know that you're listening. And uh, we'd love to hear more from you guys. So... Hey, real quick, one one quick question for you. We get hired by Cleveland. Who's your first um, coaching hire? Who are, you hire, who are you bringing on to help? I don't know. I got to look at who's available. I've, I, I, I haven't actually like dove in. Might bring in Pat Shermer for the offensive coordinator position. Oh Jesus, you're fired. <laughs> hey, he did a hell no. of a job. You know who I would bring in? That. Quarterbacks coach Josh McCown. Mind blown. I kind of hope Philly hires it. Anyways, that's going to do it, guys. Thanks for stopping by and for the last time the 2019 season. Fly goes fly. 
I was hoping you're gonna go cry Eagles cry, but good enough. Hey, moving on to the divisional round. Here we go. Skull Vikings, go get it. Meow. Yeah.